The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. Saints, fear is the opposite of faith. Fear only opens up the door for the enemy to come in. We need to start looking at things through the eyes of God. When we look at things through the eyes of God, it will prevent us from being motivated by fear. We need to look in the in the supernatural. God is not looking at this the way we see it. He sees it in an entirely different way. He sees us as victorious. He sees us as overcomers. He doesn't see us crowned, you know, backing off. He says he takes no pleasure when we back off. In 2 Timothy 1.7 is a verse that we're all familiar with. It says that he did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And in Psalms 91, these are some verses that we need to talk These are some uh, verses and promises that we need to stand on. And we'll talk a little bit more about the, that one in a few minutes. But of course, many promises... And there's many promises that I'm going to share with you tonight. The most important thing to keep put the most important thing is to keep putting you in remembrance of God's promises to keep and protect you so that you will know there is no need to be anxious. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't to be anxious, don't to fret. He said, don't fret, don't be anxious for anything, but continue to make your prayer requests known to me. And the God of all peace will fill me with a peace, fill me or you with a peace that surpasses all human knowledge. It'll be a, it will, we'll have that peace inside of us. As I've heard my husband say, I'm not afraid. I have peace. He said, I've been through battles before. I've been through battles. You've been through battles. And every one of you knows that God brought you through it. You didn't get yourself through it. Your neighbor didn't get you through it. Your banker didn't get you through it. You got God brought you through it. Amen. And maybe everybody don't give God the credit. He, he doesn't get the credit that he's due. But he is the one that brings us through it. Brothers and sisters, we need to expel this spirit of fear and get rid of it once and for all. As I've said before, I do not stand up here and minimize the seriousness of what is happening around the world. As a matter of fact, uh, some of those that were listening online this afternoon as I was uh, ministering over in Chesapeake at the um, Christian Embassy on um, Facebook Live with the Believer's uh, Biz, which had to be done on live stream because of the things that are going on, you heard me say that my sister has contracted the virus, and, but I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. When, when my sisters told me that yesterday, it, I did not budge. I truly believe that God has her in Amen. the palm of his hands. Um, she's feeling better. I, I just know, I just know that she's going to be fine. Our focus should be on God. It should be on our creator and our deliverer. You know, just yesterday, I read this article that online video games usage has surged over 70% as more people are staying home during this pandemic. 70%. All they're doing is sitting there playing games. People are dying. People are getting sick. We got the young people on the beaches partying and having a fun. We got the ones that have been sent home to work watching video games. You know, like they don't have a care in the world. We got people filling their garages with products, oh toilet paper, sanitizer. And I don't like to say anything bad about anybody, but I hope you can't sell one of them. Yeah. You know, for their selfishness, their greed that is, is, is uh, keeping so many people that are in need of these products, yeah. keeping them from having them because of their greed. They're just greedy. You know, beloved, this can be a season of great panic, waste, and each day filled with dread. Or you can fill your days bearing yourself in God's promises to keep you and to protect you and experience His peace. It's your choice. God gives us choices all the time. And whether we recognize it or not, we are our choices. The, the choices we made yesterday are where we are today. 
the decisions and the choices that we make. He gives us free will, free choices. He says, even in, in Deuteronomy, he said, you, he said, I'll set before you today life and death, the blessings and curses. He said, I'll ask you. And, and he said, he even gave us the answer. He says, choose life. Yes, yes, choose blessings. Mm -hmm. So it's up to us. It's our choice. We didn't bring the, it, the choice was not bringing this on us. It just, it, just, it happened. You know, <clears throat> and this also can be your moment to rise up and get prepared to be a good witness to those around you by speaking words of faith and encouraging one another. Amen. The Lord impressed upon me that the people keep the fire, the fear going through through uh, their through their selfishness and their greed, as I just spoke of, and the words that they continue to keep giving life to. We have the government, we have false prophets, we have pastors, we have the news media, and we have people speaking doom over us, cursing us with their words. And, and they don't even realize that, that when they're speaking these words of doom, that they're actually cursing us and themselves, and they don't even have the wisdom or the sense to know that. They're, they're cursing themselves. They're cursing, cursing everything that's going on. They're cursing the situation. And all it is about me, 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 me. Make sure I get my toilet paper. Make sure I get my wipes. Make sure I get this. I don't care if anybody else gets any. Yeah. Going to take care of me and mine and whatever. Saints, for all of you that do know this, and I'm sure that <clears throat> the ones in here uh, understand it. We get taught a lot on prophecy, but let me say a few words here on prophecy. Prophecy is speaking words. I want you to notice something very important about prophesying. The gift of prophecy is based, is based on speaking, speaking words. And I think it's pertinent that in the last days, men and women will be speaking inspired words according to Joel 2.28. New King James says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will, shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. In 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 4, the new King James says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Verse 2 said, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So if people are prophesying anything other than exhortation or comfort, they're not speaking from God. Right. He said, he who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Now this afternoon as I was preparing this message and I began to pray before I started again, I started a little bit yesterday and started finished up this afternoon, uh, I, I was praying, lifting every, the country up, people up, individuals up. And, and as I began to pray for certain ones, especially our youth, I could not pray in English. Every time I would try to pray in English, it turned into speaking in tongues. And so I would try, and I, just, I start trying to pray in English again, and it would turn in tongues. So I would just on and on and on. But I know the seriousness of it is because I didn't know how to pray. In English, I did not know how to pray. Only God knows how to pray. And those that's listening online does not, if you do not understand that, uh, uh, praying in the Spirit. The Bible says to pray in the Spirit to, to edify yourself. It edifies me. So I was edifying me, but I was also carrying on a conversation with God. And only He could understand right. what, what I'm saying. So th this was a way to where I could pray and pray mostly in the spirit and in English, but I don't even know what I was praying. I don't, most of the time, I don't think to ask the Lord to give me interpretation. However, the Bible does say that if we ask him, he will give us interpretation. Amen. Most of the time, I don't think about that. I just pray. God knows what I'm asking for. So I, I needed, when I was lifting these people up and praying for them, only God knew what they needed. And so I just give in, yield to the Holy Spirit and just let him take over. Because the Holy Spirit says, the Bible says, if you don't know, sometimes we don't know how to pray. Right. We think we know how. But he says that he will intercede and, and he will pray through you, for you. And so he only says and does what he hears the Father. Yes. And so I only want to do what he says. And so I, you don't do it. It just automatically happens. But yet you do have control over speaking in tongues. 
I don't have to. You don't have to. You can control. You can stop and start. But you can also, you don't want to do that. If the Holy Spirit is taking over, just yield. Just yield to the Holy Spirit and just let him have his way because he knows, he knows everything. I know very little. I knew very little what I I needed to pray for those people that I was praying for. But God was working in the supernatural. Hallelujah. Saints, whether you realize it or not, you are essentially speaking words inspired by the Holy Spirit when you prophesy. The Word and the Spirit always agree. The the true manifestation of prophecy will always agree with God's Word. The simple manifestation of the gift of prophecy deals especially with the effort force, significance, and the power of words. Saints, please do not lend your voice to prophesy words inspired of evil and repeat what some news reporter is saying. Know that your words have power. Know that your words affect not only you, but those around you. And even those that you're not even seeing that you're speaking about, it's affecting them. And some of the, and some of, and some false prophets of doom speaking words of death over our nation. God's going to deal with them. He's going to deal with them. In 1 John 4, 1, it said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see whether they to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. False prophets are nothing new. False prophets are just not new. In First Kings eighteen forty, after Elijah had called down fire from heaven and showed up the false prophets of Baal, Elijah said to them. Seize the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and slaughtered them all, all, all 450 of them. Yes, there are things that need to be changed, but by speaking, you are calling things that be not as though they are according to Romans 4.17. Every time you speak about the horrible things that are going on in the United States and other countries, you are confirming what exists. You are confirming what already exists. And I ask you again today, do you want to confirm that or do you want to call things that are not as though they are until they manifest? Do you want to speak life? Do you want to speak death to this virus or do you want to keep giving life to this virus? Do you want it to keep it spreading or do you want it to quit? Well, you're going to have to change your tune. You're going to have to start speaking what God tells you to speak. And if you can't do that, if you don't know how to do that, don't say anything. It seems to me like all of a sudden we have prophets and prophets coming out of the woodwork. Everywhere I look, on Facebook, everywhere, everybody's prophesying, prophesying, prophesying. And I know prophesying is merely speaking, and God tells us to desire. He desires, He tells us to desire to prophesy. And so it seems like I'm talking a lot about prophecy tonight, but prophecy is speaking. And when you're speaking, you're, you're either blessing, edifying, exhorting, or you're cursing. And so I am speaking about that because you need to curtail it. You need to put a, you need to pray and ask God to put a bridle on your tongue and a guard on your mouth or whatever, which way that goes. Praise God. We now even have this thing called social distancing. We know that's not from God because God's all about touching. God's all about loving and embracing. He's not about putting one on one side of the building. We got some over here and some over there and some over here. It seems the government is causing more fear by some of their predictions, which is actually paralyzing a lot of the people. Instead, they should be trying to calm everyone down. But they're not. They're getting us all riled up. Those that listen to the news, as, as anybody knows me knows, God told me not to 25 years ago, and I have, I'm still being obedient. I catch a little news on Facebook, and, and I hope everybody out there listening that's messaging me, when you message me something to do with politics, it gets deleted. Pastor Joseph and I read it. I don't even want it on my site. Send it to somebody else. Am I being rude? Don't mean to be, but I'm not reading it. I got better things to do. Yes. And if I, I just sat in there tonight, I had uh, about 35, 40 minutes to grab a sandwich, relax a little bit before coming back to preach. And I listened to uh, the Waltons. 
or maybe a little house on the prairie. Anything that can just let you relax your mind for a few minutes that doesn't have a lot of violence and shooting in it. Not going to watch the news. I have not turned it on any news channel. Not planning to. But it says, you know, for instance, Dr. Brian Monahan, who is the attending physician for Congress and the U.S. Supreme Court, states that up to 70 or 150 million people will contact this virus. And I won't even repeat what they said about the death toll. And, of course, a minister is the one that's giving out these facts on his TV program to the world. And he comes on three and four times a day, a live program. Beloved, we should be putting everyone in remembrance of God's word, not prophesying doom. Don't they realize? And they're trying to sell stuff, too. You know, ever since I've known this person, I'm not calling any names, but ever since I've known this person to come back and get their own program for years, they're always selling something. And they got this one and they got that one. And they got this one Skyping. Now they're Skyping and they got this and that and the other. It's, it's telling you all this bad news. I don't want, and that's how, I, that's how I happen to know this. I happened to turn the TV on while I was having my lunch yesterday. That was a mistake. You put it on a Christian channel thinking you're going to get a word of encouragement. Yeah. And what do they do? They start giving you statistics about how, how, you know, who's going to die and all this and that and the other. And the, the ones they were getting, yes, it is, it is. I don't minimize it. I'm not minimizing it whatsoever. But I'm saying there's no sense in, in blowing it up out of proportion and, and giving these figures online to, to, to continue to frighten people. People are in a state of fear and panic. And when people are in a state of fear and panic, they do stupid things. Yeah. They behave, their, behave, their whole personality changes. They, they become different people. You know, I remember I did a message not long ago called, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot, a lot of talking today, about how heaven and hell act on your words. Well, beloved, they both do. Yeah, right. the, you know, the Bible says that he has his angel standing by to hearken to his word to hasten to bring it about. And he says in Jeremiah, I'm active and alert to perform my word. So if we'll start speaking his word over our finances, people that are out of work, that's not going to have jobs, people that are sick. So if we'll, if we'll start speaking his word over our bodies or over our situations, then he says, I'm active and alert to perform it. And he said, I shall send forth my word and it shall go where I send it. It shall prosper to for uh, it shall prosper into the thing for which to I send it and will not return unto me void. In other words, he said, I'll send that word out. And until it does what you're sending out, do it's not going to come back. So if you send it out for healing, it's going to do it. If you if you believe that, if you send it out for help in your finances, it's going to accomplish that before it comes back. And, and, and there it just goes on and on and on and on. Fear is the reverse gear of faith. Fear is also produced by believing the wrong things. We've talked about that before. In other words, you're putting your faith in the enemy's abilities rather than God's abilities. Saints, we need to get our nose in God's word and keep it there. It's God's word that's going to give you peace and also bring healing for your bodies. For those that maybe already have the virus that's watching, those that don't have that virus, but maybe they have something else going on in their bodies. Uh, it could be a flu. It could be an ache or pain or whatever. But if you'll begin to speak God's word over, it will bring healing. It can't help it. It just can't help it. God's word, there's power in God's word and there's power in the name of Jesus. You know, he said, you've got the same Holy Spirit living in you that was living in E.W. Kenyon. Just like he said, you got that same Holy Spirit living in you that lives in Peter when he reached out and told that guy, you know, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you. Get up and walk. Yeah. And he got up and walked. Yeah. And, and it's faith. Faith for that man to go touch that. And I saw something online the other day where it says if somebody with the coronavirus was to come, that had coronavirus and come up and you ask you to pray for him, would you lay hands on him? And I, and I didn't have to give a second thought. I would. I really would. Because it, it doesn't matter because I, I believe that I would be fine. And if something were to happen, I'll still be fine. Amen. Amen. But I would not turn them down. I would not turn them down. 
Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, Pastor Joe, you are just loony. <laughs> I have faith in God. I, my, my faith needs to grow some more, but it's growing every day. Because every day, uh, nobody ever arrives, but the more time you spend with the Lord listening to His Word and falling asleep with it and waking up with it, the more faith you get. And listening to those that's already endured some of the things that we're enduring now and how they dealt with it. Uh, whether uh, it's people that we know now or those in, in, the, in the history and in the, in the historical ones in the Bible, how they dealt with it. They had fear too. They, 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 they weren't always, you know, even David was fear. He said, when I'm afraid, I think I have that in my notes, you know, when, he said, when, even when I'm afraid, when I'm afraid, I trust in you. There's, you know, you can be afraid. You can still trust God. Your faith is in your heart. It's not in your head. Saints, great victories have always come from great battles. You, you, don't, you don't have great battles just sitting on your couch, you know, or playing video games. It comes through battles. We must make the most of our time by getting our minds off the negativity and off the news. You cannot believe everything you hear. Just because it's on TV, brothers and sisters, it does not mean that it's true. Just take 1%, maybe, of 1% of what they're saying and, and weigh that out and then go on about your business. 80% of our medical expenses are stress-related. I've talked about this many times before. You know, the, you know it says scientifically, that, and, and with the doctors, that I would, and I might get this figures wrong because I don't have them in front of me, but I'm close. I would say anywhere from 75 to 78% to 98% of all mental and physical illnesses that the doctors treat are related, stress-related. And what do you think this fear is doing today? What do you think the people are doing when they're up there filling the people with fear? It's turning into stress, and the stress is going to turn into sickness. Amen. And it's going to bring on things that normally would not be brought on them because of the fear and the stress. Right. No work, no money. Mm-hmm. And they just keep pouring it on and pouring it on instead of doing something to encourage Amen. them. They keep fighting amongst themselves over their own little personal agendas. And not worrying about the American people. But you know, thank God we have one that does. I give God all the praise and all the glory. Because he cares about each and every one of us. There's not a one that he does not care about. There's not a one that he don't know your name, don't ever hair on your head. And, and, And he cares about every thought that you have. He knows every thought you're going to have, every word that you're going to speak before you ever speak it. He knows everything about you. And he cares about you, and he's going to be the one that delivers you. The government's not going to deliver you. God is going to be the one that delivers you. Now, you watch, and watch my words. God's going to do it. And it's not going to be done by a lot of the government officials or the false prophets. Amen. Heaven help them. Amen. The way we think affects us physically and mentally. This is no different. Satan is behind this. Remember, he has come to kill, steal, and destroy you, and he doesn't care how he does it. Our young people think they are untouchable, but beloved, they need our prayers. They, they all, we all need prayers, but these really need prayers. Pray that the Lord will wake them up and to stop being so selfish and to start thinking of their, and stop thinking about their own pleasures. As a matter of fact, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I'm going to read just a little bit of that. He says, the dangers of the last days, and this is in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 or 4. He said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He says, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scuffing at the Lord. We have that today. We have people that scuffing at the Lord, making fun of those that want to pray, whether it's in the White House or whatever, the ones that are bowing down and praying and seeking the Lord are making scoffing at Him. We got those that are only concerned about their money and their own personal pleasures and being, it says here, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. You know, this could be the day's headlines. And this was written way thousands of years ago. 
It could be in the day's paper. Yes. All you had to do was turn the TV on and, and look down in Florida and other places, the beaches where the weather was warm, the kids out there drinking and partying and laughing and having a good time, you know, not paying any attention to authority when they told them not to do it. They don't listen to the parents. They don't listen to anybody else. It's a rebellious, it's a spirit, it's a rebellious spirit. Disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They don't. And not only do the children don't, uh, not all the young people, thank God not all the young people, but a large, a large percentage of them are this away. But the reason why they're this away is because the parents didn't do anything about it. But the parents are not totally to blame. The government has to take some responsibility because the government now gets involved in families and you can't even spank a child when he misbehaves or a teenager acts up and they threaten to call the police on you. They should have been born when I was born. I was born on a farm. My dad would let you have the switch or a belt any minute. You, you, you didn't have the police to call. But I thank God I didn't. <laughs> you know, I really, I do. I thank the good Lord that I did get a spanking every now and then. <laughs> and I did not dare talk back to my parents. You know, they say jump, you say hi hi. <laughs> it's... it's <laughs> He said, they will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no, self no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Didn't the Bible tell us that? He said, in the end days, they will call good evil and evil good. Isn't that what they're doing? They've been doing that for years. You know, everything that is really evil, they're calling it good. And everything that we know is good which is God himself taking his name out of everything, off everything, anything that has anything to do with good or God, which is good, they're trying to get rid of it. Yes. He said they will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. He says they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. These young people have not taken into consideration that they can take that, uh, this virus back to their parents or their grandparents or anyone else for that matter. They think they're invisible, but their parents and grandparents aren't. And we find out, too, that there have been other cases amongst the young people, even the babies. So uh, they need to wake up, and we need to pray that God will wake them up. Uh, I think in the Bible, I've, I've been told, I, I think there's probably more about 350 or 300, I think 350 verses in the Bible on fear. And there's one for, one for every day of the week. <laughs> so, so God must have known that we were going to be tempted by being afraid. I don't know of anyone that I've ever read in the Bible that didn't have some fear of some sort. They may not have acted on it, but they had it. And some of them even admitted it. And some great men, you know, look at Elijah. You know, he, he, uh, he stopped it from raining for three years, called down to rain again, go in there and call fire down from heaven, slew 450 prophets, and then when a little old woman sends him a note, you know, that, you know he's going to be killed and he takes off running. You know, so you think, well, what happened from, when, <laughs> from doing that? And sometimes we feel that way. Sometimes I feel that way, you know, not, not exactly that way, but, you know, I can understand a little bit because sometimes you just feel so anointed and so powerful. And then maybe the next day or next two or three days or the week, uh, you'll be doing something and, and you have, kind of have this spirit and in you start putting faults in your head and, and you'll begin to feel, you know, you different different. You, you don't feel that powerful or feel that anointed, but I'm so thankful that I don't have to base my faith on my feelings and, and my thoughts. And I have to tell myself that I have to say, Joe, you know, you don't, you know, it's not, God is not about feeling about your feelings. So everything that was true yesterday or last week is true today. Amen. He hasn't changed. The only one that's changed is him putting those thoughts in your head. Amen. You're still the same person. David said, when I am afraid, I will trust you, Lord. And that's in Psalms 56, uh, 3. 
In Isaiah 41.10, it says, So do not fear, he says, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. He says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Saints, we all get tempted to be fearful at times. And these are the times when we need to get into word and know there is nothing to fear. That fear is of the devil. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. He said, peace is what I leave with you. He says, it's my own peace. As a matter of fact, I capitalized that on OWN. He says, it's my own peace that I leave with you, that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. He said, so do not worry and be upset. He said, do not be afraid in John 14, 27. He said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind in 2 Timothy 1, 7. Like I said, most people are familiar with that verse, but I would recommend it to go back and read it some more. And this time, just meditate on it. (laughs) You know, some of these verses that I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the scriptures and I'm not going to go through all of them, but... I'm going to give you the verses. So if you have a pen and a pencil, uh, if you don't run and get you one and write some of these verses down, because I think that if you will write some of these verses down and post them on your mirror in your bathroom or your refrigerator or whatever in different places, even in your car, you know, and when you get in, quote these scriptures and begin to quote God's word, uh, speak God's word over yourself and about your circumstances, whether like, again, it's, um, finances or whether it's sickness or whatever it is, whatever that is that you need, write these verses down and begin to speak them. Make them personal. Personalize them for yourself and begin again, begin to speak them. He says in Isaiah 43, 1, he said, but now this is what the Lord says. He says, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. He said, you are mine. We belong to God. He is our father. And he says in verse 9, he says, an anxious, an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up in Proverbs 12, 25. In other words, all of this anxious talk and all this talk that the cursing the people are doing, it's weighing men down. But if they will begin to encourage and uplift, it'll cheer them up. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it's healthy for your bones. Healthy. Medicine. Yes. Brothers and sisters, we need to be lifting each other up, encouraging one another, not spreading rumors that so many are putting on Facebook and the YouTube and in the news. We don't need to be listening to that. And Psalms 23 verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As a matter of fact, I repeat that a lot. I say, Lord, I thank you that even though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I shall fear no evil because I know that you're with me, that your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is my comforter. And when I need comfort, he comforts me. And I thank you, God, that no evil shall come near my dwelling because I dwell in the secret place of the most high God and I abide in the shadow of the almighty and whose power no folk can withstand. This is what you need to speak. If you can't memorize them, just read them. God don't care. As long as you're speaking them out of your mouth, you can read them out of the Bible. You can write them down. I I like um, reading them and writing them down. It helps me to remember them. Somebody said, well, how do you remember all that? I said, well, because I read it a lot. I hear it a lot and I write it down and I speak it a lot. (laughs) It's like anything else. We learn all this other stuff, You, you know. I don't know how to play video games much, but I know what the Bible says. And I'd much rather have this. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. He says, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In Jeremiah and Joshua 1, 9. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You'll find that in Matthew 6, 34. And you know, and there should be a sailor there. There's not a sailor there, but sailor only means to pause and think about that. So he's saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about it. He said, because tomorrow 
will, will worry about itself. In other words, there are going to be worries tomorrow. So when you're worrying about tomorrow, what you're doing is you're borrowing. You got worries today, and you're worried about tomorrow, next week, you're borrowing into the future and bringing them now. Just wait till you get there. He said, they'll take care of themselves. <laughs> Praise God. In Exodus 23, 25, in the New Living Bible says, you must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, and I read this the other night, and, I, and it, it uh, warrants reading again. And you might want to write that down in Exodus 23, 25. And this is from the New Living Translation. He said, you must serve only the Lord your God. If you do... He said, I'll bless you with food and water Amen. and I will protect you. Right. So you don't have to be uh, concerned and worried about that. He said, I will make sure that you get it. That's right. you, he, and I believe he will. I, believe I really believe that he will. If I need water, if I need food, I believe the Lord is going to make sure that I get it. I'm his daughter. You're his children. Those online that have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he is your father. That's right. Jesus is your Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit is your teacher and your helper and your comforter and your advocate. Advocate means stand by, just come along beside of. And he's going to come along beside of you and help you. And also you need to talk to him about your situation because he knows it all. And he can give you some creative ideas and he can give you some creative thoughts that will help you to uh, maneuver yourself through this and get you through it until it's passed. Yeah. It is going to pass. Yes. It come to pass. That's right. And it is going to pass. I don't know when it's going to pass, but it's going to pass. And we just have to, he said, when you've done all you can do, just stand. So that's what we're doing. We're standing. He said, humble yourself. Humble yourselves. And then under God's mighty hand so that he will lift you up in his own good time. Leave all your worries with him because he cares for you. And that's 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Humble yourselves. Saints, humble means to stop trusting in your own abilities and start trusting in God's abilities. Right. Humble, humbling yourself means to say, Lord, I can't do this. Right. I need your help. I can't stand up here and preach the word. I need the help of the Holy Spirit that comes along beside of me and, and fills my mouth with the words and, and gives me, uh, and God pours out a spirit of bonus upon me, and he gives me the power and authority to speak his word. He tells me, and I quote, I quote these things to myself. This is what you have to do. You have to quote these things to yourself. You have to speak what he says. And I say, Lord, I thank you. That you said, as you are, so am I in this world. And Lord, you went about speaking with boldness. And, and you went about speaking with power and authority. And as you spoke with power and authority and boldness, so will I. That you have given me a spirit of boldness. And I have the spirit of power and authority. And that's how I'm going to speak. But I don't get it by sitting there feeling sorry for myself, sucking on my thumb. You have to begin to speak these things and you call those things, like I said, you call those things in. Isaiah 35, 4 says, Tell everyone who is discouraged to be strong and don't be afraid that God is coming to rescue. Hallelujah. I truly believe. He said, tell everybody, everyone. And I'll say everyone that you know, not to be discouraged, to be strong and don't be afraid that God is coming to rescue you. And I might say this to you, to anyone in here and no one's on listening. When people call you on the phone or they text you, email you, message you, and if it's not encouraging words, change the subject. Change the train of thought. If they're talking to you on the phone and they start talking about that, think of something to change the subject and get them, their mind, their mind will switch. I did that with my sister the other day. She was talking about that, and, I, and, and then all of a sudden I said, well, how is, how is your uh, therapy coming along? And then she spoke for 15 minutes on her therapy, and she'd already forgot about the other. You know, you, you have to, you, you, can't, you can't take this stuff in because it's going to enter in. And you can get rid of it, but it takes a bit of getting rid of it. You know, I, I don't want it there. It says here, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We were just talking about that. He said, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall in Psalms 55, 22. Remind yourself, say, Lord, I thank you that your word says for me to cast my cares on you and that you will sustain me. In other words, you're going to keep me and you're never going to, you know, you said that you never let the righteous fall. And according to the word of God, if you receive Christ as your savior, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have been made righteous through the blood of Jesus. So you are righteous and you're the ones he's talking about. And he said, the righteous shall not fall. Are you hearing me? And immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage. It is I don't be afraid. This is when Jesus was walking on the water when they were, and when the disciples saw him, uh, they were afraid. They did not understand. Jesus said that they did not understand about the loaves because the hearts were hardened. When he was telling them to take courage and not to be afraid, he had just performed a miracle with the loaves and the fish and fed the 5,000 plus. And then to get in the boat and to go across. And, and, and then he sees, they see Jesus walking on the water and they think he's like a ghost. And he says, well, don't be afraid. It's me. And then he said the reason why they did is because they did not understand about the loaves. They didn't understand the miracle that they had just eyewitnessed because their hearts were hardened. In other words, they had quickly forgotten how he had just performed one miracle right in with, with the fish and the loaves. And that's what we do. We're so quick to forget that God brought us through the last trial that we went through. He brought us through that one. But now we have forgotten that because they had their hearts were hardened. You know, you would think that people, when they see people that are healed, that's blind at sea and the deaf that hear and the lame that walk and cancer that dries up and, and disappears and, and tumors that fall off. You would think that when people see this and witness this, that their faith would be increased. And, and it is for a little bit, but then their hearts are hardened. And they go right back to the way they were because one thing, they don't stay with the word and they don't continue in the word. So then they become hard hearted Amen. and they forget. They forget. And that's what Jesus was saying. They forgot. They, did, they, they forgot all about the miracle they just saw because their hearts were hardened. Amen. Don't have a hardened heart. He says, be strong and courageous. He said, do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. In Deuteronomy 31, 6. He will never forsake you. He says, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and, and, and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Do not be afraid for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer the Holy One of Israel in Isaiah 41, 13. Hallelujah. He said, I myself, and he, he said, I personally will take care of this. He said, I'm not even going to send the angels, not going to send anybody. He said, I'm personally going to take care of this myself. He said, that's what he said. Amen. Do not be afraid for I myself personally was going to help you, declares the Lord, because your Redeemer, he says, I'm your Redeemer. I'm the Holy One of Israel, and I'm personally going to take care of this. And I believe that our Redeemer, the Amen. Holy One of Israel, is personally going to intercede and take care of this. But we have got to keep the prayers and the thanksgiving. We're going to have to be like when I was ministering in here last Wednesday night and we were talking about the Second Chronicles 20. We're going to have to be like Jehoshaphat. We're going to have to bow down and we're going to have to put our praise on. You know, we don't have to be in church to put your praise on. You can do it in your bathroom, in your kitchen, in your yard, wherever. Put your praise music on. You don't even have to have praise music, but you can. And just give him the praise and just thank him for everything that he's doing in our lives to preserve you and to keep you and to protect you. Because if he hadn't been preserving us and keeping us, they'd be a, the numbers would be a lot bigger. It would be a lot bigger. It says, the Lord is with me. He said, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. In Psalms 118.6. He says, The fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. In other words, saints, he's saying those that fear, those of you that are in fear, it's going to become a snare. A snare is a trap. And that's, that's the one that the enemy likes to use on you. That's one of his most common ones. 
is fear. Because if he can get you into fear, then he can get you to take almost any thought and he can deceive you in almost anything and get you to believe everything you hear, everything that you see. And it's going to become a trap to you because you, what's, ha what's going to happen to you if you don't get rid of that spirit of fear and start trusting the Lord to take care of you, you're going to be worse off than what any virus could do to you. It's going to destroy you. He says it's going, it's going, you're going, it's going to become a trap. But whoever trusts in the Lord, he says it's going to be safe. In Proverbs 29, 25. He got up, it says, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I think about all the things that the Lord has delivered me th uh, from. I, I, uh, I think about all the things he's healed my body of. I think about all the financial difficulties he's brought me through. I think about all the things he's brought me through, through death, sickness, perils, um, finances, sickness, you name it. He's brought me through it. And, and I'm sure that before the Lord comes back to get me, he's going to take and bring me through a lot more because he says we will. We will experience these things, so we are going to experience them. I experience them the same as you do. And like I said, you know, just a few months ago, I lost it. my youngest sister of cancer, and now they tell me this about the other. But the enemy will do anything he can to distract you because I'm going to continue teaching and preaching the Word as long as I have a breath in me and, and as long as I've got a, a place to do it, and if I have to do it in my home. Yes. With, the, with the equipment we have now, we can, we can do it anywhere. As a matter of fact, I started out preaching it in my studio, so I can definitely go back. <laughs> he said, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them in Psalms 34, 7. He encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. So... If, you, if we're doing what's right in the sight of God, even if we have to suffer for doing it, and we might before this is over and maybe something to come maybe after this, if we have to suffer because of doing the right thing, God said he will reward you for it, will reward you for it. He says, so don't worry or be afraid of their threats. And that's in 1 Peter 3, 14. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Hallelujah. Psalms 34. He said, do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself would fight for you. Hallelujah. And that was in uh, Deuteronomy 3.22. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and I'm the last. I am the beginning and I'm the end in Revelations 1.17. He said, he said, don't be afraid. He said, just believe. He says, I'm the first and I'm the last. Jesus told him, don't be afraid. He said, just believe. This is what he told the guy in Mark 5, 36. He said, just don't, don't be afraid. You know, he was asking Jesus to go heal. Uh, I can't remember if it was his son or his servant. <clears throat> but I think, I, think it, uh, I think it was his servant. And he said, just, he said, don't be afraid, just believe. And, and so the reason why he, Jesus said that is because as soon uh, he got called up with the lady with the issue of blood, and, then, but, you know, and so it was taking a long time. And so by the time he got around to uh, getting Jesus to pray for him, you know, other pe people came to him and said, just forget about it because he's already dead. Sure. And so they told him that, but Jesus said... Um, don't be afraid. He said, he said, just believe. You know, and so Jairus had a choice to make. Was he going to believe the messengers that brought the bad news? Or was he going to believe Jesus? He chose to believe Jesus. Amen. And so he left. He, Jesus told him, he said, don't be afraid. And, and so he said, um, just believe. And so he did. And he went home and he was well. So we asked him, he said, what time was he healed? And the guy told me at the very time that Jesus told him. He said, just believe, just believe. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. 
neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. In Romans 8, 38, 39. The Lord your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will be quite in his love and he will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. And like I said, this is one I just quoted. I'm going to finish on down to the end. He said, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, this is coming from Psalms 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God in whom I will trust. He said, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, those things that sneak around in the dark, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence, that's the plagues that's coming upon us now, that stalks in the darkness, nor the plagues that destroys at midday. He said, a thousand may fall at your side or 10,000 at your right hand. He said, but it will not come near you for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways because he loves you, says the Lord. He said, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. In Psalms 91, 1 through 16. Be assured, saints, he is with you in whatever you face, whatever you're facing today, in the turmoil that's going on, in the struggles, amidst the anxious thoughts and the worries of life. He is there strengthening, helping, and he holds you in his hands, his hands. God is greater. He gives us the power to live courageously, boldly, fearless in this life. When many things that surround us would tell us to be afraid, his truth whispers strong and sure in the deepest core of our spirits. He said, do not fear. All of that stuff on your mind, give it to him. Again, replace those fearful thoughts with his words of truth and sleep in peace tonight. He knows whatever concerns you. He's got you covered. Praise his holy name. You know, the Bible says that he gives his beloved sweet sleep. So there's no need. He says, sleep in peace tonight, knowing that I've got you covered. I've got your back, your front, your, and, your, and your back, your sides and your front. He said, I've got you all covered. Praise the Lord.